You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Discovering Multifamily podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Scandariato, here with Red Knight Properties. And today we have a special guest here with us on President's Day. In 2023, Trevor Thompson. And uh, for those of you who don't know Trevor, he's he's been around for quite a while. He's a passionate real estate investor. He's he's been around. He's based in Austin, Texas. He's both on what makes Trevor a little bit unique. He's both on the limited partner side, which means basically passively investing, and also on the general partner side, which means actively investing, and kind of I'm sure a combination of passively mm-hmm. investing with that general partnership. Uh, that that he's built up, and you know he he was he's been around for a while. He he's worked in different types of businesses, including uh, indoor skydiving, uh, locate you know uh, worldwide uh, brand and business. And uh, now he's he's you know over the past several years plus he's been uh, focusing on real estate investing again on both the uh, started out with the passively side and then transitioned to actively side. I've seen I've seen a combination of starting out actively and then going passively. And uh, so Trevor has a little bit of a unique story. I haven't heard from passive to active um, that much. So I'd love to hear how that happened. And uh, yeah, like like I said, he's been around for a while, has seen interest rates much higher from where they are today. So we'll talk a little bit about what he's seeing out there in the market. And uh, at the current state of um, uh, Trevor's affairs, he's the vice president of investor engagement at Massive Capital. Um, and I'll let him talk about uh, his role there. So thanks for coming on the show, Trevor. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Great. Um, so yeah, so I, obviously you've been around in different types of businesses. Can, can you walk us through your story and why you, yeah. I guess, how yeah, you came I, came across real estate? Yeah, so I have a very unique story. I'm, I was in the attractions business my whole life. I actually started working for Ripley's, believe it or not, at age 13, then did 18 years with Guinness World of Records, did some entrepreneurial ones where I opened different visitor attractions. And then I got recruited by iFly Indoor Skydiving. And interestingly enough, the owner on our very first team meeting gave everybody a copy of Rich Dad, Poor Dad and said, if you don't learn to make money while you'll sleep, you'll work till you'll die. You need to do this. And I did what so many people did. I read the book. I was inspired and then did nothing. Um, you know, I was too busy, right? I was afraid of toilets, tenants, and trash. I was too busy. I didn't understand it. No money, all of those excuses. And so it was always nagging me in the back of my mind. And then I was a a 20 year career with iFly indoor skydiving and we got bought out. So I actually got a payday. So I had no, no money. The no money excuse went away. And I thought, okay, I need to learn more about this real estate investing. So I started going to webinars and weekend sales seminars. And then I came across multifamily syndication and the light bulb went on. It just went boom. Oh, I get it now. I can invest in people that have experience that are going to buy a real asset. They're going to put better business practices in place. They're going to make money and share that money with me. And the light bulb went on. I don't know why it took my thick head so long to understand it, 
But, you know, I just, I, I was always intimidated by it all and just didn't understand that, that I could possibly invest and other people would take care of it. Um, you know, and I just, once that light bulb came on, I, I was hooked. So in five years, I've passively invested in 20 syndications, um, not all just multifamily. So I have retail, medical center, new build storage, mostly in Texas, but I've done Arizona, North and South Carolina. And I just got hooked on it because I started to see the power of it. You know, how you can use the bank leverage, you can use the depreciation and the, all of the different things. And it just, I tell you, once I got on it, I got hooked. I really did. Yeah. And it sounds like from the experience starting out as a passive investor, you were able to identify a few sponsors that I'm sure you're, you know, working with moving forward um, and has seen success. And you've kind of seen how they were able to operate and perform. Um, and now, I guess, moving forward, you're looking to be on that side just because, you know, you feel like you've learned a decent amount, but there's more to learn, right? And being yeah, on the other side. And, yeah. and it's incredible. There's so much to learn, at, even at every level of it, right? And as we're, the world changes and conditions change, you know, I'm super, super, like, I love to learn. I love to, to, to study things. You know, I'm, I'm obsessed. I listen to about 100 Audible books a year, and about a third of them are real estate. The rest are business and self-improvement and uh, go to a lot of webinars, listen to a lot of podcasts, and, you know, try to get inspired. Um, and, you know, if there's anything I could say to your audience um, is don't wait. I didn't really start doing this till I was in my 50s. And if you think of the power of starting earlier, right, buy real estate and wait. Don't wait to buy real estate. Um, it's it's my life would be totally different if I had started 25 years ago um, when when, you know, a lot of people should be starting and should have some disposable income to invest passively. Yeah. So in your first passive investment you made i'd love to hear how you made that decision um you know it's a it's a big leap of faith in terms of trust because you're you know you're you're partnering with someone and it really comes down to yeah it's, the deal's got to make sense but at the end of the day who's going to be responsible for operating it it's going to be the faces yeah. of the sponsorship team so and so i i looked at both probably a half a dozen mentor programs and actually joined the local Texas one. I don't refer them anymore because they just haven't kept up with the times and there's other groups that do better, but no matter what, it gave me my start. It gave me my information. I got to know people. Their motto was Texans investing in Texas. And I liked that idea. I could go see the assets. And so I made my first two investments very quickly within weeks of each other, both in multifamily, one in San Antonio, one in Houston, um, and in fact, one of the sponsors is a partner in Massive Capital. Um, he's he's come full circle and he actually left for a little while with a family situation and came back. And, you know, I just got I just had to learn how to connect and trust people. And then it was all relationship building after that. You know, I would spend sometimes up to a year looking at a sponsor and looking at their deals, asking for reports on different, you know, how do you report to your investors? What do you do? getting to know you. And then, then I would make the investment and, you know, some, some of them I've invested with again, some of them, the experience hasn't been that what I'd hoped for. So I've, I've moved on and invested with others, but in general, you know, my investments have performed pretty well. There's a little pressure obviously on some of them right now with the interest rates, but uh, overall, I still think the world will normalize and, and, and everything will be good. Okay. 
talk yeah talk to us about what you're seeing right now um in regards to the interest rates and obviously yeah so two things have happened obviously interest rates have gone way up and so one of my deals and this is something i never thought to ask the question i asked the question did you buy a cap rate um and they said yes but they didn't underwrite up to paying the full cap rate you know because everybody thought it would never happen right it would never come so now they're stressed because their payments have gone up and so they cease distributions um and they're actually doing a small cash call uh but this will get them this is really just to buy the new the new cap and then they should be able to meet their going on forward business plan uh so that was a, definitely a bit of a misstep and when we talk about interest rates, you know, I lived back, my first home mortgage had 16% interest rate, if you can imagine. Um, and so if you think about it, two, three, 4% interest rates, that's not really normal. Four, five, six is normal. And what's not normal is seven, eight, nine. And so we went from one side of abnormal within a very short period, way to the other side of abnormal. And so that's caused so much havoc and panic and things that have happened. Um, I'm not an economist, uh, but you know, all, all smart people indicate that it's going to slowly start coming back and it will probably level out to what is normal. I'm not sure we're going to go back to the two threes and fours, but it will definitely normalize at some point in time once they get inflation under control. Sure. And, and so and now your partnership with Massive Capital um, what does your role look like? Um, you mentioned, you know, before we got on the call, how your strength wasn't wasn't all in underwriting, but you yeah. still have a lot to learn, like you just mentioned. Uh, yeah. What what is your focus with the on the active side now that you felt yeah. comfortable, you know, from the passive side? Like, what did you? How did you? What do you work? Yeah, so yeah. so I definitely on on the active side. So I had a couple of deals that went active before I joined Massive Capital. One of them, I am the asset manager, and I'm still doing that. That's a separate thing. And then in my partnership with Massive, um, I'm very active, and I like connecting people, and I like doing things. So I kind of created my own title, which is always nice when a group wants you enough to let you kind of create a little box that fits you, Vice President Investor Engagement. And my idea is to really engage with investors, connect with investors, connect with people that want to get to the next level, try to create more of a community, try to do investor events. And we don't want to do a full-blown mentorship program, but we want to create a community that has education, that has more elements of, uh, of a structure somewhere in the middle of, you know, the full-blown sponsorships and just the just the, the people that put deals out and put education out so that they can stay relevant. Uh, and it's a, it's a good role for me because I like connecting with people, I'm super active, go to a lot of events. And, and so it just basically is a fit that, um, you know, we can do it. I've obviously looked at a lot of deals too. So I'm on their committee that looks at deals and their, their thing is very unique. They will do deals on their own they do a lot of partnership deals. So what they'll do is they'll look at deals that maybe were struggling to get closed or closed and still need something done. And they'll spend some time vetting those partners and then make a decision, okay, are we gonna come in and help them finish the deal? What does that look like? Um, how do we protect our investors moving forward? So I refer to them as opportunistic um, sponsors. So they're not sitting there with one model, right? So we're doing a land entitlement right now, which I can't say because it's a 506 C, but then they're doing some other ones that are a B. So we can't talk about them, but they're deals that have already closed. 
but closed short, right? They got closed. They're nice guys. Uh, the properties are good. It's just, it's a little tough to raise money right now. And they've been able to come in and fill that gap and then, and then offer support to, to sponsors. That's great. And, and so when you, your company got, got bought out, how long did it take for you to, you know, acquire the first property or make your first investment? What was that time? Were you trying to figure out what you were going to do after that for a time? Well, so it didn't or, get bought out. We just got, we got acquired, but everybody's still acquired. That's it was what just I a private equity yeah. company. Oh, okay. So I was okay. still employed. Okay. Uh, but what pushed me over, you know, I was always thinking to leave. I wasn't very happy with, with the situation, you know, um, investment bank, investment type people don't run businesses the same as uh, entrepreneurs run business and things. And I was a little unhappy. So I was thinking of going. And then this funny thing called COVID came along and it made the decision for me. I was in the yeah. development. They weren't going to develop anymore. Um, I opened 46 of 80 locations. I also took over some franchise locations and it's the exact same as taking over apartments, right? We went in there, put some CapEx, did all the same thing. So I had a lot of experience in that space. Mm -hmm. um, it, we just, it was just a different metric, right? A different way of, but it was, everything was identical um, to what yeah. you do when you take over an apartment and, and create value. Right. Let's talk about that. You mentioned you invest in different asset classes. What led you to focusing on multifamily? So multifamily, I like the most because it 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 was it kind of suited my why, and my why is um, to create better places for people to live, to create better places for people to work. So the the property management company that's running it, and then if we do that, it will pr produce rewards for our passive investors so they can go do their why, right? So I like the fact that we're taking over communities, we're fixing communities, we're making the world in theory a better place. Um, on this new deal, we're building some much needed, uh, you know, housing um, at a middle level, right? We're not an apartment complex, we're gonna do townhomes, we're not a, a rent home, we're fitting in a little niche. And that really resonates with me to be able to do that. But I wanted to be a little more diversified, not have all my eggs in one basket. Um, so I dabbled in retail. Again, great timing. We closed March 15th, 2020. Um, it still actually produced a cash flow all the way through the deal. Um, and it's stabilized. And once interest rates normalize, it, it will make money on the sale. Um, storage again. I wanted to be involved in storage. I was a little leery buying the mon pause and automating them and doing things. So I went for a new build in a really high growth area just outside of Charlotte. And I like that concept. And I wanted, I wanted an investment in the Carolinas. I like that pro business, pro everything state, a lot of growth happening there. Um, so it was a way for me. And again, how it lined up, I've been working with this person and looking at their deals for about a year. I didn't invest in anything. I just kept following, following, following. And then all of a sudden I called the trifecta. Somebody, number one, somebody I wanted to invest with. Number two, an asset class I wanted to try, which was storage and I wanted a new build. Number three, in a city or in a state that I wanted to invest in an area. And I understood it. My brother lives near there. So I've been there frequently. And so all the trifectas, I call it. And so I decided to make that, that particular investment. Um, you know, but most of my investments are in Texas, most are multifamily and then medical, you know, with COVID, I started thinking, boy, I should look at this. And then actually one of the, one of our 
partners within Massive. He's not, he's basically, he's a partner that we go with. Um, he does a lot of development. I invented a medical center with him. And it's so funny, like almost 18 months round circle, he's he's the lead sponsor on the Georgetown deal that I'm, re- you know, it's how real estate is this very small group, but I got to know him. I wanted to do a medical investment. I'm happy with the way they're running the investment. And then boom, now I'm on a deal with him. It's kind of that, uh, how that connection with people really can work out. And if you strategically plan, you know, look at things, then it can really create a good path for you. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And and you mentioned uh, that at Massive right now, part of your new role is to focus on investor engagement, which means education really is what it comes down to. What, what sort of educational um, mediums are you uh, presenting to them? Yeah, so right now we're doing weekly webinars every Wednesday on different topics. So this week happens to be use of retirement funds, a lot of things. Um, a few weeks ago, we did one. We lost $100,000 and we're happy. Um, strange topic, right? But it was basically we walked away from a deal and here's why we walked away from a deal. So that people understand, you know, not every deal makes sense and sometimes you are going to lose money. In fact, my first GP deal, um, I lost 75000 of our 350 that we lost hard money. I put the second hard money to extend the loan personally and it's a tough lesson, and but I want to make sure that people learn those lessons, right? People understand, you know, the risk reward, of, you know. But again, I want to make sure I'm clear on that deal. All the passives money was returned. It was only the active sponsors. Mm-hmm. So a lot of education that way. Um, we do for people raising capital. We have a call every 10 a.m. every single day, every week, and we talk about what objections are you getting? How can we help you talk through the objections? We've hired a consultant through the Grant Cardone licensing system. And once a week we have a meeting with him and he, he does a higher level course. And so we're just trying to say, instead of saying, Hey, go raise a half a million bucks. Good luck. You know, pray and spray. We're trying to at least say, okay, let me get on a call with somebody and help you. We'll talk through that so that you can learn how to do it yourself. Sure. Um, and that that's kind of, I'm going to call it real life education. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's a great service that you're providing to um, people who are looking to get their feet wet, whether it's passively or actively. So that's awesome. Sounds like there's a a lot of different mediums that you're, you know, getting out there and uh, marketing to people on behalf of. So um, what would be, with that said, what would be the best way for my audience to reach out to you and connect? Yeah, so LinkedIn's the easiest just because I pretty much accept every invite, especially if you say I saw you on a podcast. Facebook, you know, I'm almost at that proverbial uh, 5,000 friends trying to get rid of people. And it's I, I'm a little more leery, but LinkedIn is the best. And you just got to remember the K, K Trevor Thompson. I also have a YouTube channel, um, again, K Trevor Thompson, where I post uh, different educational information and things that I hope will help people get comfortable with investing in real estate. That's awesome. Well, I encourage my audience, if you want to reach out to Trevor, make sure you don't forget the K, put the K in front and you'll find him. Uh, he's everywhere. A great guy. And if you liked what you heard and or saw today, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. It'll help my message and Trevor's message get out to a greater audience. That's just the way the algorithm works. So I really appreciate that. And really looking forward to staying in touch with you, Trevor, and enjoy the rest of your day. Awesome. I'm glad we were able to get this in. Thanks so much. Excellent. Thank you.